trick ass bitch. Oh, wrong intro. I am so sorry. Uh, take two? What the hell do Issa and Lawrence need to discuss? Is Molly on some hating ass shit? And Andrew and Molly, is she about to chase him out the door? We'll discuss that and much more on this episode of He Got Y'all. Let's get it. y'all i am malcolm thank you for joining me again this week so we're gonna get right into it season four episode four of insecure four on the four today's also may 4th all of the four shout out to beyonce we're just all of the fours are just present right now beyonce just running rampant all over it and she's actually mentioned in this episode how convenient is that but yes season four episode four of insecure Went down Sunday night on HBO. First, HBO, I need you all to help us because some of us were confused and lost about the things. So Sunday night, the Westworld finale was on. Now, I don't watch Westworld. I don't really know much about that show. But if that's your show, I'm happy that you got, you know, a nice long extended finale because the rest of us were sitting around here looking at our wrists and toe tapping like, where is Insecure? So it came on at 10 o'clock on the HBO app, but then 10, 5, or 10, 17 on HBO on the actual TV, which was so confusing for Twitter especially because it was impossible to tweet with the show because half of the timeline was 17 minutes ahead of the rest of the timeline. And there were spoilers, and it was just too much. So, like, HBO, I need y'all to, to get it together. We appreciate you for holding us down every Sunday, but we need to do these things correctly because we can't talk how we want to talk, you know? Like, Twitter was just in shambles this week. But nevertheless, episode went down. Now, I'm not going to even lie to y'all. I will always keep it a buck, and this episode felt a little flat to me. It did. I. It was not the most exciting episode. It felt a little underwhelming. Once we got to the end scene with Issa in the shower, I was like, so that's it? Like, that's all we getting? Like, I I paid for more. Like, what are you talking about? My HBO is $14.99 a month. Like, I want more. But it is what it is. <laughs> but once I went back and watched it for a second time, I did appreciate some more of the artistic value and some of the creative choices. So we'll get into that. But overall rating for the episode for me, 7.5, you know, 7.5 is not bad. That is a 75 out of 100, which, you know, 70 C's get degrees. A 75 is not too bad. But yeah, 7.5. And we jump right into it. So we have a cold open. Issa somehow, someway, truly, by the grace of God, still has this job as the property manager, super maintenance person, whatever you want to call her, at this apartment complex. So super funny cold open. I love anytime we get a chance to see Trina and her son. So funny. But the highlight of that cold open definitely had to be when that man was like, you treating us like those people down in Flint. Like, sir, Flint is an entire city that does not have clean water. You live in a building that does not have water at the moment. <laughs> like entire city of people, non-residents. Like I get it, but whatever. Super, super funny. So in any event, let's jump right into the episode, the things that we need to discuss. So first order of business, what the hell do Issa and Lawrence need to talk about? Because I am confusion. I need the answers because I am not sure what is about to go down. But as we've been discussing each episode, each episode of Insecure jumps month by month. So now we are one month before the block party, as you all probably saw from the trailer. Episode five is going down. We will be at the block party finally. But 
Before we get there, there's some things we have to get through. So, have we seen the last of Bendola? So that was the question on my mind last week, and it seems like we pretty much might have. I personally do not think that Bendola is going to be at the block party. I feel like this little love triangle between her and Lawrence is just way too messy, and I feel like sis might have bowed out. Like, I think she might have just cut her losses. Like, you know, I put in the work so far with this thing, and whatever it turns out to be, it will be. I will just not be a part of it. But... Yeah, I don't think we're going to see any more of Condola this season. Like, I really don't think it's happening. So as we see Issa sitting at the table and she is trying to get the things together for the block party, she's trying to get the flyer finalized, and she goes to text Condola, and we see on the screen that Issa has been texting Condola since November 30th. It is now December 5th, and there has been no response. So when's the last time Issa has heard from Condola? About a week ago. And then we get the tweaking hoe. Sorry, I had to. It was right there. <laughs> but it's been about a week since Issa and Condola have spoken to each other. There's all of these random texts. Issa is just not catching the hint. Like, I don't know if this is Condola trying to be nice and, like, not really hurt Issa's feelings. But there has been a week-long reach out of, you know, things. And there has been no response from Condola. One text from Issa even <laughs> said, Whatever happened to Kel Mitchell? Which... Let's unpack that because <laughs> I was like, does she mean what happened to Kel Mitchell? Like, is he supposed to be at this block party? Or like, what happened to Kel Mitchell in the general ass question of like, what the fuck happened to Kel Mitchell? <laughs> like, Kenan and Kel, Good Burger, and then silence for like years. So anyway, true random Easiness, which we all love. Radio silence from Condola, but Issa needs an answer because she needs to finalize these flyers because they have to be done because the block party is a month away and things need to be taken care of. So Issa hits Condola with the text about the flyer. Condola writes back, I'll call you after work. And Issa picks up the phone and calls immediately. First of all, Issa, this is not after work. This is right now. Like, I told you I would call you after work. <laughs> like, And again, this is a, a, a classic thing we see in Issa's character because Issa did the same thing with Lawrence in season one when Lawrence told her, when you get back from your trip in Malibu, we will have a discussion. Issa took that as, I'm gonna get my ass in this car right now and drive back home to see Lawrence. And that's not what he said. That's not what he said. You're not listening, okay? You're hard-headed. But she calls Condola. Condola does not answer. And we are now in limbo with this. So at this point, there seems like there is pretty much no communication between Issa and Condola. So here's what I think. I think Condola will leave Issa for dead at the block party. But I think Issa's at a point in her life right now where she has dealt with enough fuck-ups <laughs> that she'll successfully roll with the punches. Because I feel like a lot of, a lot of the times where Issa has messed up, it's partially been her fault. Like, it's been something that either, like, an oversight or, like, something that, like, you know, she was, you know, went about in not such a smart way. But I feel like Issa's kind of checking all the boxes here. Like, she's doing what she needs to do. She's doing the research. She's trying to book School Board Q, which, you know, that's a whole nother story. But she's doing all of the things appropriately. So I do think Condola is going to pull out of the block party. I don't think that she is going to come to Issa's rescue. But I think that Issa's at a place right now in her life where she'll be able to troubleshoot this correctly. So I'm curious to see how next week goes down. I would be really surprised if Condola shows up because, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll see. We shall see. 
But the bigger question is, what the hell do Lawrence and Issa have to talk about? That scene with them at Tiffany and Derek's house, I was like, this, what, what, what do we have to discuss? Like, I don't think there's anything that we need to be talking about. I know the big thing, the big thing, even from last week, everybody wants these two to fuck. Everybody wants these two to get back together because it's just, it's perfect. You know, it's, it's, it's what we all yearn for. It's, it's the, the love that we once lost coming back to rescue us and, we are uh, blah, 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 all of that bullshit. But I really want to know what these two feel like they need to discuss. Because here's the thing, right? I feel like things are really good right now between Lawrence and Issa. Almost a little too good. And I feel like somehow, some way, maybe Nathan, I'm not sure. But somehow, some way, this is all going to be a big clusterfuck. Because it's just too good to be true. Like, it's they're, they're communicating too well. It's Everything is just too perfect. And I don't see this playing out how most of us think is going to play out. But, you know, we will see, again, just like last week, if I do not really know which way we're going, I'm not even going to hold y'all. I really don't know. <laughs> but we will stay tuned and find out what the hell those two have to discuss and how it will play out in the long run. But I don't think it's going to be as crystal clear or as picture perfect as many of y'all want it to be. But that's where we are with that. Condola, it was nice knowing you, sis. All right, let's move on. So, is Molly on some hating ass shit? So, let's talk about how we get there. So, Issa and Molly are both on their way to Tiffany's house because Tiffany has had the baby. Yes, Tiffany has had the baby. Baby Simone is here. And all the girls and Lawrence are gathering around to see the new bundle of joy. But before we get to that scene, we see Issa on her way. She is in the car listening to her Michelle Obama becoming, which, yes, shout out to Michelle Obama. That was a very, 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 very long audiobook, but a good one nonetheless. Michelle gave us a story, actually random, but in blackness, uh, I think... May 6th on Netflix. Michelle Obama's documentary is coming out. I think it's called Becoming, I think. But in any event, check Netflix, May 6th. There's some Michelle Obama stuff up there. You're welcome. But back to that. So Issa's in the car. She's listening to Michelle Obama's audiobook. Now, there's a couple of things I love about this scene in particular. Now, on the first watch, I'm not even going to hold y'all. When I was watching with Twitter 17 minutes behind everybody else, I was not that crazy about it. But once I went back and really dissected it, Car scenes are really, really, really hard to shoot. And I want to give a shout out to the director. I think her name is Nigela Moomin. If I butcher that, I am so sorry, sis. But shout out to her because car scenes, like I said, are a lot of work to do. They have to get stunt drivers in there. Like Molly and Issa are not actually, or Yvonne and Issa are not actually driving those cars when they're like backing up and going forward and blah, 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 blah. So those scenes are a lot of work to do. And then also, they're shooting it from, like, a bunch of different angles. So it's, like, Issa's rearview mirror, and then Issa's side mirror, and then Molly. Like, it is a lot of work to shoot car scenes. So shout out to the director for that, because from a creative standpoint, that is some hard fucking work. <laughs> like, shout out to her. But, yeah, so while Michelle is becoming and Issa is throwing it in reverse, who's on the phone? But that nigga Nansford. Nathan is back on the scene. I don't need a, a, a medal or some cookies. But like I said last week... Nathan will be back. I told y'all niggas. I told y'all niggas. He's gonna. He's back. Like we haven't seen him, but we gonna see him. I'm sure he's gonna be at the block party next week. And he hit Issa with the the true fuckboy line of, "You, I just want to call and let you know that I'm proud of you. You know, you ain't gotta call me back, but you know, I I see what you're doing out here. You moving. I appreciate it. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit, nigga. Don't nobody want no phone call from you. You ghosting ass, trifling ass nigga. But 
Maybe I'm a little scorned. Maybe I have dealt with some ghosting in my days. That's neither here nor there. Let's get back to Issa and Molly. <laughs> so uh, Nathan's on the phone, and Issa seems like she's low-key feeling it. Like, it doesn't seem like she's going to call him back necessarily, but she's not disappointed with the phone call either. Like, she, it was kind of hard to read where her head was at with that. But nevertheless, we get inside, and we see baby Simone in the crib upstairs, and we see Derek and Lawrence in the nursery with baby Simone, and we see Derek having this long Greek tragedy monologue about how he has now realized about all the fuck shit he's done to women, and now he has a daughter, and now the energy is going to come back to him full circle. So why can't niggas ever see the damage they've done until it affects someone in their personal circle? I will never understand, but... Here we are with baby Simone in tow. <laughs> so that's happening upstairs. Downstairs, we have all of the girls on the couch, and they are sitting, chopping it up. And in this scene is where we really get to see how tit-for-tat things have become between Molly and Issa. The problem is the tit and the tat is only, or the tit for the tat, is only coming from Molly. Issa is not feeding into this at all. And this is back to the point I was making last week about Issa being a little oblivious. I don't think it's that Issa doesn't, realize she has a problem with Molly I don't think Issa realized the uh the weight of the problem like I think Issa thinks like I said last week like oh she thinks it's a little something but they can work through it but as we saw from Molly in previous episodes and as we saw from Molly this week this is affecting Molly at like a 10 and I think it's affecting Issa at like a 7 and I think that's really the problem like the 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 weight of this issue is not equated for both of the for both of them so, yes, that's why I think we're at where we're at. But nevertheless, it's very tit for tat. Molly is just out here being high key on some hating ass shit. Like, she's really, she's really, I wanted to strangle her a couple times this episode. <laughs> like, it was tough to get through. But the part of the scene that really drove this point home was when all of the girls were talking and Tiffany was saying that Derek, you know, has really stepped it up and he's taking care of the baby and she really gets to just chill and just like, you know, she just pushed out a whole fucking human. Like, she gets to sit down and just chill out for a moment and... You know, Molly's like, that's great that, you know, he's doing what he needs to do. And Issa makes a joke about it and all of the girls laugh. And you can see immediately in Molly's face that she is maybe not triggered, but she is upset that the joke is on her. And she comes with this SpongeBob ass response. I was just saying how it was good that Derek was there for her. Like, oh, girl, shut the fuck up. Oh, my goodness. Please, all of these feelings. I can't take it. <laughs> so, like I said, Molly clearly in her bag. And then she tries to clap back at Issa with that comment about the changing table. Like, oh, you weren't here last week when we discussed that. And it's like, girl, why are you doing so much for? Like, this, this is too much. This is too much. And it really... I've, I've always enjoyed... Well, have I always enjoyed Molly's character? I've always had an appreciation for Molly's character, but something about Molly this season is really like, get her the fuck out of here. Not Yvonne Orji, because I stand her, but Molly gotta fucking go. Like, Molly is doing the absolute most, and I cannot take it. But while we see Molly on the decline and, you know, the, the genuine characterness, we see an incline from Tiffany, which first, round of applause for Tiffany, a.k.a. Amanda Seals, this was some really nice growth in her character. So fast forward, we see Tiffany and Molly there in the baby's nursery. And again, in this show, we see these scenes that kind of mirror each other. We see Issa and Kelly downstairs. And Issa's like, yo, has Molly talked to you? And Kelly's like, no. But of course, it goes down a very... Kelly's like, nah. But then, of course, in true Kelly fashion, turns it to Kelly thinks... Issa has fucked Andrew, which I'm not even getting into that because that is something that is clearly not happening at all. But you know, Kelly be on her Kelly and she be Kellyan. So 
they have that conversation and then right upstairs we see Tiffany and Molly having the same conversation more or less like yo has Issa talked to you because I feel like she's been tripping now what I liked about this is that this is one of the most mature moments that we've seen from Tiffany in the whole duration of the show so once Molly brings that up Tiffany responds maybe it's a communication breakdown she probably feels the same way too which, again, not a super groundbreaking line, not like some big philosopher thought or theory or whatever. Even this season where everything is always very much, it's fine, it's fine, no, everything's fine, everything's fine. And I think it was nice to see her have this real authentic moment with Molly, like, listen, maybe y'all just need to talk. Like, maybe the communication has just fallen apart, which it has. And maybe y'all just need to sit and work through all of this. So, I enjoyed seeing that from her. I don't think we've seen... The only other authentic moment I think we've seen from Tiffany like that was in the Coachella episode when they were at the 7-Eleven and she was pretty much like, I don't know if I can keep up with y'all with me having this baby now. But that was more focused around Tiffany, which is very Tiffany. But I like that she was able to kind of step outside of herself and just look at something objectively and not dismiss it as she usually does. So I feel like Tiffany pushed out that baby and all that bougie shit with her. Like, Tiffany seems like she's on some new energy, which... Happens a lot once people have a big life-changing moment, i.e. a baby, a wedding, a death, so on and so forth. So, curious to see where Tiffany's going to go in this current state of, you know, new energy. But she's really on some chill shit. Like, even with Kelly and the baby, like, old Tiffany would have been all up in the kitchen like, don't hold her like that, be careful of this, watch out for blank. New Tiffany, first of all, new Tiffany, Tiffany's gone. We're going to call her Tiff because Tiff is cool. And Tiff is sitting up on the counter with a glass of wine and some pajamas. Just two tears in a bucket, motherfucker. And I like this new Tiffany. So points for her. And you know what that's called? Growth. Boom. Get into that. One other thing I want to point out about this scene, not really related to Molly's hating ass, but I love that they shined a light on the conversation that has been going on since, honestly, the beginning of time. But... More recently about this thing about black women in like, you know, medical spaces, like, you know, at the at hospitals and doctor's offices and black women repeatedly not being listened to by medical professionals about what's going on in her body. It's like, OK, bro, I know you got your little doctorate. You got your little degrees and things. You watch Dr. Oz on Tuesdays at 4 p.m. That's great. But I know my body and I know what's going on. So I like that they shine some light on that and really like, you know, kind of magnify that. And again. Very weird how this show works sometimes, but that's also very timely with what's going on today with the Rona and the things and our people. So yes, I love that they shine some light on that. Kudos for y'all. Shout out to the writers on that one. But back to Molly's hating ass. So let's fast forward. And this is really where the hating ass point light bulb went off in my head. So at this point of the episode, Issa has lost schoolboy Q. He is not headlining the show, which some people on Twitter were saying that Condola was trying to sabotage it and like pull schoolboy Q from it. I don't know if I'm going that far with it, but I like what y'all are thinking and I appreciate it. I, I like what y'all are doing over there. But Issa does not have a headliner and she first tries to DM Beyonce, which is like <laughs> some high key real stand shit because she really tried to hit Beyonce's DMs on some real like, hey girl, know you're busy, but if you could just do me a favor... I would really, really, like, girl, Beyonce don't even fucking, she don't even write captions. Like, she is not responding to your DM. But go off, Issa. But she does find this guy that is a local L.A. artist, and he is signed to Live Nation. Well, I don't know if you can be signed to Live Nation, because that's like a, a concert company. But in any event, he's rep he's affiliated with Live Nation. And who works at Live Nation but Andrew? So 
Issa picks up the phone. She's like, well, let me call my good sis Molly. I got a Live Nation connect and let me see if I can make this happen. So again, in the words of Miss Lauren Hill, miscommunication leads to complications. And now things are very complicated because Issa picks up the phone and Issa's like, hey, you know, I just want to talk. And Molly, we see it in her face. She's finally like, oh, yes, my friend is back. We want to just chop it up and shoot the shit. And Molly is like, yeah, things have been crazy over here, too. And Issa's like, well, great. I'm not going to hold you for super long. I just want to know if you could ask your boyfriend for some crazy ass shit. I would really appreciate it. Thanks so much. <laughs> I think we see Molly kind of process this. Like, first, she's obviously mad that Issa is not, you know, checking up on how she's actually doing, which I get because that's annoying. But I think we see Molly process it. And then the big question becomes, is she going to ask Andrew about it? Fast forward to the end of the episode, we see that she is on the phone with Issa. She does not ask Andrew about it. And this is a really big divide, probably the biggest divide so far. So I think in Issa's mind, the fact that Molly has now said no to her about her getting a headliner for her block party. If there's no headliner, there's no block party. If there's no block party, Issa pretty much fails. Now, this is a stretch, but I think in Issa's mind, Molly telling her no is pretty much saying like, girl, figure it out. Like, if you have to fall on your face, so be it. But I'm not going to be here to help you this time. That's how I think Issa's processing it. But I also see where Molly's coming from. So, to answer the big question, I don't think Molly's a hater. But I do think it's very uncomfortable to ask people, to ask other people about stuff related to work. So, like, Molly and Andrew are so new into this, where, like, I would feel weird asking Andrew about that, even for myself personally. There's so many more layers we can go into this, but I'll keep it short for time. But especially in a city like L.A., New York, Atlanta, Chicago, like there is this energy in big metro cities like that where it's very much like, who are you and what can you do for me? Now, this is I don't think this is the relationship between Molly and Andrew at all, but. I think when you're in that space and when you're so closely connected to someone that is quote unquote like famous or has access or can like get you into places like you don't want to exhaust. First of all, you don't want to seem like a uh, opportunist, but you also don't want to quote unquote exhaust those things. So like if you ever did have to ask your friend like, yo, dog, I know you work at, you know. MetLife Stadium. I need those Beyonce tickets. Like, that's something you're not going to do every single day because, you know, when it comes time to actually need a favor, you might want to hold out until it's something you actually really, really need. So, like, again, but that's a whole different story, like, unrelated to this. In any event, I see why Issa reached out to Molly because it just seems... Like, this is my friend. Like, even though we're not on the best terms right now, my friend is not going to see me fail. And I think this rejection from Molly is going east is going to process it like molly is waiting for her to see her fail but from molly's standpoint like i said i can also see why she did not ask andrew because it's it's too weird it's too new and it's just uncomfortable like i don't i don't want to make our relationship about this so early and i don't feel comfortable doing it and i can't even knock that so i don't think molly's on some hating shit yet but she's on her way to some hating shit. Because even in the preview for next week, she high-key does not even want to go to the block party. Which, if you're going to come to my event with that energy, just stay home. Stay the fuck home. We also saw a lot of Molly and Andrew this episode. We saw a lot of Andrew this episode. We saw more of Andrew this episode than we did Lawrence. Like, Andrew really had some, some, some solid scenes in this episode. Which brings me to the point, or the idea, is Molly about to chase Andrew right out of the door? So... 
first scene we see with these two together, Molly's in some rollers, which let's stop at the rollers right there. So I thought this was a very odd choice. I <laughs> am not a black woman, but I have many black women friends. Um, four of my closest friends are all black women. <laughs> so I feel like I, 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 I get, I get it. Like I know the people I know, I know, I know black women very, very well. Molly and the rollers, like the three rollers, it just felt weird. Like it just felt like an odd choice. Like I get why they did it, like to help tell the story. I got why they did it, but it just felt odd because like it was three rollers and then her hair wasn't necessarily like curled. Like it was bumped, but I don't know. It was just weird. Like it just felt odd. Like I got the point of it. Like I think they were trying to signify that she's like overly busy, hence her funky armpits. Like she's just so caught up in work that like she's doing the the best she can to keep up with like physical appearance but I don't know it was just odd to me like a bonnet maybe a head like a doobie I don't know something else besides rollers but nevertheless you know it is what it is just my own personal uh you know critique but the question becomes is Molly about to chase Andrew out of the door because sis cannot seem to find the balance so Andrew pulls up at the house and it seems like these two are clearly meeting up to fuck there was no dinner there was no uh nothing planned at least it didn't seem so like they met and went straight to the bedroom and i said listen let's get to business you know like who has time for small talk <laughs> like but they start getting it in kissing on each other's necks blowing in each other's ears you know the vibes <laughs> but molly cannot focus to save her life she can't focus for an orgasm like she is so focused on whatever's on that MacBook, and she has to get back to work. So Andrew clocks it. He's like, listen, go do your thing. I'll be here. Molly's like, all right, cool. Give me till nine, and then I'll be back. Well, nine didn't really happen because we see Molly picks up her phone after closing her laptop and finishing her work, and it is 1.42 in the morning, which I totally understand. When you're working on something, and you're really, like, focused, and you're trying to just make it happen, like, you are just in tunnel vision, hence it being 1 a.m. right now. I get it. I see how Molly fell into that trap. Like, it's very easy to be like, I just want to get this done right now. I don't want to have this lingering over me tomorrow. I just want to get it done. Like, I need to get it done. It's not even a want. Like, it's a need. So, clearly, she's going to have to find some more time to make for Andrew, but we'll circle back to that in just a little bit. We saw growth from Tiffany in this episode, and we also saw some growth from Molly, which was nice because last season when we saw Molly at the law firm, you know, she she left the old law firm with the white people, and now she's at the new law firm with the black people, but she done burned all the black people. Shout out to Torian. She's at a point now where it seems like she's made some friends at work, and this is good because like I said, last season, none of them were fucking with her. Like, they were all looking at her like she had three heads. So I like that she has now at least gotten to a point where her workspace doesn't have to be so toxic because, like, damn, you can have a fucked up life and a fucked up workspace. It's nice to see that she's getting her professional work life together. You know, it's her and the girls, and it's like this late night work session. And, you know, to do work late night and then be ordering food and, you know, kikiing in the midst of doing work, these are your people. Like, they might not be besties, but you at least enjoy these people enough to be like, I can put in some extra hours at work with these people and not do this work from home. So it was nice to see that she had you know, kind of grown somewhat in the workspace. So all of the ladies at the table have pretty much have pretty much agreed to stay a little bit later than planned and do some more work. And Molly has no regard for Andrew's feelings. And I said, wow, isn't that so funny? Because last week when Molly and Issa had plans and Issa dubbed them, Molly was all in her bag. But now here Molly is dubbing her plans with Andrew and Molly seems not to even blink twice. Hmm. 
But she agrees to pick up more work. We also get to meet uh, a very, very, very cute partner, intern. I don't know what BJ does, but he needs to do more of it on our screens. But uh, this new character named Bennett, and he is a young, a young whippersnapper. And he was just nice to look at. That's it. I don't know anything else about his character. He was just very nice to look at. And we'll move on from there. So fast forward, Molly and Andrew finally get to link up. They're on this date. They're at this very nice restaurant. It was very cute. But Molly is talking about going to get some whiskey at this next spot, then go back to her crib and eat some edibles. And then she's going to invite him to the cootie cat. And it's clear that the pussy is no longer on pause. They've been dating for, I guess, about three or about maybe four or five months now. So they are in this thing together. And Molly wants some of that D. Now, I have a quick question. Uh, let's just pause a little bit. So, to the folks out there, y'all be fucking after drinking and eating an edible? Like, I would be laid the fuck out. <laughs> like, when I crossfade, I am no good. Uh, edible, I'm no good. Like, if I have an edible, I... It was nice knowing y'all. I'll talk to y'all tomorrow because I'm not coming back to the party. Like, I'm not leaving physically, but I'm not coming back to this party. Like, it's going to be a wrap for me. Edibles hit on another level, bro. Yo, one time I got so fucking high from an edible. Like, it was bad. I had to take an Uber home. I vomited and I had to call out of work the next day. Like, when I tell you that was a rough night, that was a rough night, but... Whew, Chanel, you still owe me because <laughs> that was a rough ass night. But clearly Molly and Andrew have the stamina that I do not and they can drink any edibles and be fucking all night long. I can't do that. That ain't for me. But Andrew's like, oh, well, I made some plans to kick up with the guys because you always are, you know, so busy. I just figured you would have stuff to do. And Molly, again, is very tight. And as we know with our girl Molly, it's written all over her face. She does not have to say a word. We immediately see that Molly is upset that he's made plans. And now the rest of this dinner seems like it's going to be very awkward. But a little bit later, Molly clocks her own shit, which again, more growth from Molly. And she steps it up. She realizes that she's tripping and she makes things better, which is very refreshing from Molly Carter. Because again, we all know how Molly gets down. So she realizes that she's tripping. She comes to Andrew's house with like a bottle of wine and some chocolates or something. And she admits to him that this is new for her. And I like that we're seeing her go this place. Now, the problem is she can have all of this compassion for Andrew, but can't have any of it for Issa. And I think Crystal tweeted this, or she might have retweeted it, but pretty much saying that a lot of people will put in the work to save their relationships before they were put in the work to save their friendships. And I think that is very, very telling. I mean, friends can't hold you at night in the bed. Well, depending on what kind of friends you got. But I'm someone where I'm very much friend down. So like, I will ride for a friend before I ride for a man. But that's just me personally. I think it also comes from not being in a relationship for so long. I think Andy Cohen did an interview a while ago and somebody was saying that he really values his friendships more than I think most people usually do because he's not in a committed relationship. And when he said that, or when they brought that up, I was like, that's a very interesting point because I too am kind of the same way. Like, I hold so much value in my friendships and because I just love my friends. Like, I love, I love all of my niggas. But I value, I think, my friendship a lot more than other people might because some people find that connection that I have with my friends through relationships. So, like, people will, like, serially date because they want that authentic, like, you know, or that close connection with someone. 
But I'm like, yo, I got close connections. Like, I've known these people over 10 years. I know these people for that long. But in any event, sometimes we'll, we'll see people like Molly do the work to save a relationship and not the work to save a friendship. But yes, it was at least refreshing to see her be honest about this with Andrew. It would just be nice if she could be that authentic with Issa. But I think Andrew's around. I think Andrew's here to stay. And I think he's here to stay because Molly is becoming mature enough to have these conversations. I think we're going to see Andrew for a lot longer. And I think with seeing Andrew, we are also going to see Nathan. And Nathan will be at this block party. But that's my hot take. That's all I got to say on that. All right? Let's get into some motherfucking flowers. So this week, I want to give some shout outs to first, again, the director, Najla. We see this in every episode of Insecure, but something about the shots this week just felt extra warm. I don't know. Something about those aerial shots of them, like, you know, flying over, like, parts of L.A. or shooting over parts of L.A. Like, something about it this week just felt extra warm. I don't know why. But just points for those because those shots always look super, super amazing. Shout out to my nigga Cash Doll. Cash Doll, I love hearing songs that I stand for in TV shows, like, when Ready Set dropped after the scene where Issa texts Condola, I was like, oh shit, come on, Cash Doll and Big Sean. Ready Set is a good song. So just shout out to Cash Doll. I love to see her glow up. And that's it for this week's episode. So next week, we are at the block party. Now, here's the thing. So I know this is already written, like, you know, in Insecure World, all of the shows have been finished already, but I'm going to talk for a moment like it's not. Here's the thing. Initially, I was thinking that we would get to the block party at the end of the season because that's just how things usually work in TV. You know, the big moment, the big what we're building up to usually happens at the end. It's like the big payoff. Like it's it's the anticipation. Like, will we get to see this? Will this happen? Will this won't? I like that the block party is episode five next week because now we have five more episodes to go through. So like the show can't just rely on the strength of the block party anymore. Not rely as if they were being lazy, but like the block party storyline will be pretty much finished by next week's episode, which means we have five more episodes of shit to go through. So I'm really, really curious to see where this is going to go. I feel like these will be like two different seasons almost like by the time we get to the end of next week's episode, there will be such a monsoon of shit <laughs> where it'll feel like we're starting the season from like a new point because now we're peaking. We're at episode five and I trust, you know, Issa, Prentice, I trust that whole unit over there, but we really need y'all to bring it. Like we really need y'all to bring it. And I, I have a feeling they will. I don't think they're going to let us down. So by episode five next week, we have to be at the top of that roller coaster, that roller coaster I've been referring to all season. And we're there. We are on the nitro and we just need to click, 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 hold it, hold it. And it all goes downhill. And hopefully this was the hold it episode where like we're at the top of the roller coaster and we're just waiting to go down. So I am looking forward to seeing that. Now, I don't know if he'll be back, but somebody also made a very good point on Twitter that someone that knows a lot of local musicians is Daniel. Mm-hmm. 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 And I will leave that right there. But I don't think he's going to be back. I think we've seen the last of Daniel. But nevertheless, that's just a little take that's going around. So I wanted to bring it to you, get it in your mind, see if that's how you felt too. But of course, you can always let me know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter at he got y'all. Thank you all so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for telling your friends, tell your mama, tell your auntie. If anybody watches the show, let them know that we're doing things over here at He 
got y'all, all right? Also, big shout out to the entire Insecure team. I said this like last week or two weeks ago, but I guess it's now officially official. The show will be back for season five. Yay! Season five of Insecure. We're getting more Insecure coming. Hopefully not another year and a half. We'll have to wait. But shout out to them for making it to season five. And that wraps up this week's episode. So thank you so much for listening. If you are listening to this on SoundCloud or iTunes, please be advised that we are now also on Spotify. So if Spotify is the way you like to listen to podcasts, you can pump on over there and listen to He Got Child, all right? You got to do a little bit more work. Like you got to type in He Got Child and Insecure After Show. Like I don't know why Spotify is hating on the kid, but it's cool. I'm I. If you just search for it, it's going to be there. You're going to have to scroll a little bit, but it's going to be there. But yes, thank you so much for listening. Please rate, review, five stars. Tomorrow's actually my birthday on May fit so i'm not asking for anything in particular just to rate this show five stars so look my birthday's on the fifth it's five five all of the fives are there you need to take all of the fives channel that energy and put five stars on this podcast all right thank you so much for listening we will talk next week right here on he got y'all bye niggas This podcast is in no way affiliated with HBO or Insecure.